All right. Welcome to the Nino and Tierney podcast. I'm Paul Nino. I'm Steve Tierney. It is August 6th, 2021, Friday. Uh, as we're just kind of ramping up for the, our second tax season, September 15th deadlines and October 15th deadlines, it does feel like things are picking up. But we had a good conversation today. I thought that was, I thought that was really interesting, Steve. Yeah, so we talked about the differences between organizing as an LLC versus an S corporation, as that is a question I think I'm asked more than any other. Yeah, yeah. I think we got a little, a little wonky and a little, uh, we talked a little fast around some things, but I think it's good practical information on a topic that is pretty meat and potatoes that we get clients asking us about. So hopefully this is helpful for you all. All right, Steve. Hey, Paul. Friday, TGIF. Yes, it's been a while since we've uh, blessed the internet with our wisdom. <laughs> I know a couple of couple of vacations between us, and and uh, and not n nothing too new to discuss. So yeah, we haven't we haven't done this in a while. Yeah, thankfully we yeah thankfully nothing too new to discuss. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And I think from. When we, when we first started this, we were barely even seeing each other because we were working remotely. Now we're back in the office for the most part, seeing each other all the time. So we are, we are chatting in the hallway at the water cooler, as it were. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, just to kind of kick off a discussion, I think one of the things that I probably get asked more than any other is what type of entity should I be? Should I be an S corporation or should I organize as an LLC? And I just thought that that would be some good discussion that we could have um, and maybe provide some insight to our clients. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. It's funny, those two, because of course there's also C Corp and there's also just general partnership, but yeah. you know, of all of the business entities we do and, and you know, I guess it's worth saying, 70% of the work that we do is business entity tax work. And I would put it at 95% of those business entities are either LLCs or S corps. We have very few businesses that are still organized as C corps. And yeah, very few as general partnerships. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, as you know, I'm in a master's in tax program and studying corporations, the C corp, frankly, uh, with the new reduced rate, that 21% tax rate does have some new advantages, um, especially like if you were to able to sell the stock, there's a 1202 uh, exception to selling your, your business. And you could actually like exclude several million dollars um, if you were to sell your stock and you're organized as a C corporation. Yeah. So. Yep. All right, but going back to uh, <laughs> LLCs and S-Corps, I think just to maybe provide some of the major differences that I see is one, uh, with an S-Corp, you know, the income has to be allocated directly to the shareholders in proportion to the shares owned, as opposed to with an LLC, you definitely have flexibility 
in how you allocate that income, how you allocate losses. Uh, you, you can definitely kind of move things around a little bit more so. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think that flexibility is the word that describes the key difference between those two. You're able to specially allocate on, on an LLC. And I, I think it's worthwhile to step back and say an LLC is a, an, an LLC is really a term of the type of entity it's organized with the Secretary of State. It's really more a description of the state laws that govern its, you know, credit um, liability limitations and things like that. So for tax purposes, an LLC can elect to be taxed as any type of entity, but it's default taxation. And 98% of the time, it's a partnership. It falls under the partnership tax, tax rules. Yeah, no, that is true. You occasionally do run across the LLC tax as a corporation. I still haven't figured out exactly why. I mean, there are, I guess I shouldn't say that, but it's very rare. That's for sure. That you yeah, it's, I have a couple and usually it's the at the attorney's request because yep. there's some, it's organized in a different state, like the ones I'm thinking of off the top of my head are, are in Texas. And the mm -hmm. state of Texas may have some better privacy protection laws and things like that for an LLC versus an S-Corp. Yep. So the, this entity is an LLC taxed as an S-Corp. Yeah, so I think that that flexibility factor, if you've got maybe one guy that, uh, you know, kicks in the money and the other guy that's performing services and, and uh, you want to, you don't necessarily want to allocate stuff 50-50 or in proportion to um, ownership, you can do those special arrangements with the LLC that you just can't do uh, with the S corporation. Right. And I think from a general concept uh, with a partnership uh, slash LLC, you know, the tax law views, for the most part, partners as being an owner of their proportionate interest of the assets and, and subject to the proportionate interest of the uh, proportion, <laughs> proportionate portion of the debts of the partnership as well. So you can much more freely move assets in and out of a partnership or an LLC without tax consequences. Now, I don't want to make it sound like there aren't because there are right. certain situations where there are, especially if there's debt get, that gets, that gets uh, shifted around or there's gain on assets that another partner contributed. But, but for the right. most part, you can much more freely move assets in and out of a partnership. Whereas with an S-Corp, the, the minute you start pulling assets out, you've got, you're going to be recognizing gain for the most part. Which you put in appreciated assets in an S corporation, you know, you, and it's got a low basis, you're recognizing gain on the distribution of that because you have to distribute those assets out at the fair market value, as opposed to like with a partnership, it, it gets pulled out at the adjusted basis. Right. Yeah. I actually have a client and uh, they're trying, they, these two parties don't get along, but the, the property is appreciated several million dollars and to pull the property out of the S Corp that was organized in 1959 or whatever is just too great to, to be able to do that. So yep. they kept them in there and continue to try to get along, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so maybe this was organized a long, long time ago because it does seem like the de facto 
entity structure for real estate holdings, at least for yeah. since the LLCs came about, which I'm going to guess is 20 years ago, uh, maybe 25, something like that. But um, LLCs are by far the, 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 the method used mostly. I think um, just another thing, a couple of things I mentioned I, for the differences, how California treats them um, from a state tax standpoint. Now, I, these are both flow through entities, which means that they aren't typically taxed at the entity level. The profits and losses flow through directly to the members or the shareholders. However, California wants their piece. And so both of them are taxed $800 per year, a minimum tax. But for, for an S corporation, they pay a 1.5% tax on the net income of the business. Whereas an LLC, they have kind of this tiered structure where they pay an LLC, I think it's $250,000. You pay uh, another $900 at, at uh, like 500,000, I think you pay uh, another 2,500 and then over a million, you pay like $6,000. So, and that's on the gross receipts number versus the bottom line number. So uh, kind of a little bit of difference there. Yeah, it's hard to, yeah. Often the question that is posed to me is which one's better from a tax standpoint. Right. And it's hard to equate the two since S-Corps are taxed based on to, uh, that one and a half percent state of California based on net profit, but LLCs are taxed based on gross revenue. So it's hard to equate the two and decide which one's better from a from a tax standpoint. I mean, I suppose if you had like really high revenue, but low profit, wouldn't you want to be an S corp maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the, and it's in one and a half percent. I realize it's, it's right. Right. So, and, and if you do the math, since there's an $800 minimum tax and it's the greater of that $800 or one and a half percent of your net profit, it's, it's, you know, you don't really start paying tax on an S-Corp until you've got net profit of $50,000. Right, true. The other thing that factors in to the tax implications is payroll, right? Because you're, if you own an S-Corp and you work in that S-Corp, you're required to pay yourself a reasonable salary. And so that, that reasonable salary is a deduction. It reduces the net profit of the S corporation, but that reasonable salary is subject to payroll taxes. And you're going to pay payroll taxes on that. Whereas in an LLC, you're, you can't pay yourself payroll. But if you're working in the LLC or, or you know, uh, there are other factors here, but the profit that flows through to you from an LLC is going to be subject to self-employment tax, which really equates to the same thing as, as uh, the payroll taxes paid out of an S-Corp. So um, payroll does factor in because if you have profit in excess of, in an S-Corp, in excess of what you pay yourself in payroll, you might save a little bit of tax on those payroll taxes. Yeah, I think that's a huge, that can be a, a huge thing because the, the excess profits aren't subject to self-employment taxes on an S-Corp, you know? Yeah, we're 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 gonna we're gonna get very complicated here, but but you're right. But those excess profits in excess of fifty thousand are subject to the one and a half percent California tax, right? So here's here's the way I, it always comes down to me because that's usually the way these questions get posed to me is right. Hey, why don't I just have an S corporation 
and not pay myself any salary, and then right. I save on the self-employment tax that an LLC would be subject to. So once you get, once your wages are over that FICA base, correct, then the, your wages are only being subject to the 3.8% Medicare tax. So now, now you're just comparing the 3.8% Medicare tax to the uh, to the 1.5% California tax on an S corp. So that savings isn't that great. Yeah. And it seems very unlikely that that you could justify a reasonable salary under 140,000 for somebody who's an owner or an executive of a business that's being operated. Yeah. And then you got to factor in <laughs> Uh, retirement benefits. I mean, if you pay yourself, uh, you know, your ultimate social security benefits are based on your highest wages. Well, if you're not maxing out on that, those FICA wages, then right. you're not going to get the maximum social security benefits when you retire. So that question of, all right, well, can I just open an S corp and not pay myself anything and therefore save payroll taxes? Yeah. It's a much more complicated answer. And one that frankly never justifies the amount of work that's required to figure that out. And it seems like every year, whenever there's election, that that seems to be like a, a hot topic is, you know, we're, I'm going to eliminate uh, the pass-through of S-Corp earnings without being subject to self-employment tax. It seems like you always hear that, that they're going to try to eliminate that, which would eliminate the whole uh, reasonable comp issue, I would think. Yeah. Very good. Any you got any other distinctions between those two that you often come across? I, I can think of. I, I think if I'm giving advice on it, I would rank I would rank non-tax issues as the number one thing to consider between those two. It's it's liability protection, which law gives you the yeah. type liability. I don't think that we can advise necessarily exactly. on that. <laughs> so your attorney is the first person to advise on the best thing to protect you based on the type of business you're in. So, so sometimes, you know, if they're a contractor, that's a consideration is who gets the, who's gets the license with the, with the, uh, what's that? The state board of contractors license, license board, um, that factors into it. And then the second here after liability limitation is what you brought up originally, which is flexibility in your agreement with your partner or your other shareholders. What, what yeah. do you need to accommodate that? And then third on the list would be taxes because there's not a, a big difference between the two. Yeah, I would think so too. Yeah, as well. The flexibility factor, how many um, Members, I mean, I guess you'd have to, you also have to look at eligibility, at least related to an S corporation. You can only have, I think, 100 members. They've all got to be uh, US residents, I think. You can't have a partnership that owns uh, or is a member of an S corporation. So that could blow your S election. Whereas, I, you know, you don't have that type of issue uh, with the LLC. That's right. That's a good point. The other thing I guess it's worth just mentioning, and I think we've mentioned this before, but um, related to pass-through entities, not necessarily a distinction between the two, but just want to reiterate the state of California has passed this um, 
elective pass-through tax. That's a way to get around the individual deduction limit on state and local taxes. Yeah, worth mentioning. So we're sitting here, it's August uh, 6th, and this law was passed, I think about two weeks ago, if I remember correctly. So we're waiting to hear from the state on how to apply this. And when we do, we're gonna be contacting our clients, but owners of pass-through entities are gonna be able to elect to pay, to have those entities pay state tax, which will reduce their flow through income and thus get around that $10,000 state tax deduction limitation that was put into place from the uh, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 20. 17, 18. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an exciting development, uh, you know, for taxpayers that own pass-through entities. Yeah. And frankly, potentially a reason for, potentially a reason for, you know, sole proprietors and people oh, wow. organize and other types of entities to consider switching over, you know. Yeah, that's so if you're a sole proprietor, you wouldn't get that. That's right. As opposed to, yeah, if you were, well, that's that's a big consideration. Yeah. So we're gonna have to figure out, you know, we, we need guidance. We don't know anything other than this conceptual framework for this, but you know, if you're a sole proprietor, can you elect to be an LLC and be a single member LLC and have the single member LLC pay this tax? I'm not sure about that. I, I kind of don't oh. think so. Yeah, because it'd be really interesting for California because then all of a sudden everybody is organizing these, all these sole proprietors are collecting like a gajillion of those $800 fees. Yeah, yeah and that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that till now, but I bet, I bet they, they factored that into their analysis as to whether they wanted to do this is all the businesses that aren't organized in one of these passer entities suddenly organize and they start getting 800 bucks they get their LLC fees or they get their one and a half percent tax on S corp earnings. Yeah. That is interesting. I bet they'll, I bet the state will get some real revenue out of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now that we're bitter, we should probably stop talking. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good weekend. Thanks. Yeah, you too.